Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. And welcome into Bet the Edge. It's Friday, August 19th. Thank you, everyone watching live on our NBC Sports YouTube channel. Drew and I are here to break the news. The NFL lines are moving, people. We got to get them. And today we got points bet. Points bets head tra- trader Jay Croucher joining us to talk about those lines and the offensive rookie of the year market because a guy like George Pickens gained a lot of steam, ladies and gentlemen. But we'll also talk about a couple division AFC matchups. We'll play Would You Rather with the MLB Futures because we got to talk some baseball today. And as we always do, Drew and I, edge of the days, all that powered by points bet. My voice is a little rasp if you could tell, Drew. I was at a Bad Bunny concert last night in Best concert of my life. Dude, um, that was a hot ticket. Yeah, I bought it in February. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, okay. yeah, I, I, I beat the closing value price on the Bad Bunny <laughs> tickets. Um, I was happy about that. And I got to sit in the old Fenway seats, the wooden seats. Oh, um, that's great. So a little historical value for my first time at Fenway. So great night last night for me, man. What's going on with you on this beautiful Friday? And uh, what you looking forward to this weekend? Well, nothing like that. <laughs> That's cool. That's a cool experience, man. Um, yeah. No, I got to heading down to San Diego this weekend. Uh, going to stay in Mission Bay, uh, Mission Beach area. So it's going to be a fun beach weekend for me. Right now, today, doing a lot of betting in, in, the, in the tennis space. Uh, we are wrapping up the second of back-to-back Masters. Uh, these have been really competitive tournaments, really high-quality tennis, and today's matches look very, very fun. I have bets all over the board, which we can save for the end of the show. Um, but uh, it is uh, we are coming up to the business end of the tennis season here with the U.S. Open right around the corner. So uh, it is all betting tennis and then uh, just trying to keep up with the, uh, the rumor mill and the news cycle and the NFL side of things because there are a lot of key moving parts that are going to influence week one. So it's, it's been a busy week. Yeah, definitely has been. If you guys haven't seen or heard of Drew's breakdown on the Bucks, that was one of my favorite breakdowns. Go to his Twitter at Wellcapper. Listen to that one, Bucks cowboys week one. But there are some preseason games. Cover quickly before we get Jay in here. I wanted to talk to you, Drew, because we talked about the overs jokingly last week. They were cashing left and right in preseason. 14 out of 15 games now have an over under of 38 or more. We're going to see people probably not want to play those overs as much. And there's also three spreads of five or more. The Bills minus six versus the Broncos. Ravens minus five at Cardinals. Giants minus six versus Bengals. What interests you the most? Ooh, man. So let's talk about the totals for a second. What was fascinating is the preseason week one totals kind of tracked with what was traditionally preseason week one 
type of numbers, like if you go yeah. back through his history. But in reality, the way that a lot of uh, teams deployed their players was more like a preseason week two. You know that they've kind of they've sure. scoped down preseason from four games to three. And yeah. a lot of speculation was, are teams going to chop the fourth or are they going to chop the first in terms of how they're deploying their players? And at least what we now know, having seen all of those overs hit, those lines in those markets should have been made more like their preseason week two traditionally. And now that that would then lead to this should be more like preseason week three in terms of expected totals. And so I still think even though we've seen an increase in all of these totals across the board, they still look a little low. You have a lot of teams that are going to be playing their starters for a full half of football. Uh, and I think you know, kind of keeping track of the information cycle is going to be important. There's still a lot, a lot of advantage teasers to be had. Um, that is still clearly like the most profitable way to attack uh, the preseason market, in my opinion. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you can tease a, to a, a side past three, past seven, so you're taking your plus one and a half, your plus twos, your plus two and a half out to eight, eight and a half. And or you can, you know, there's I don't think there's any favorites on the board that fall into the uh, advantage teaser play. But but basically teasing those dogs out uh, has been a very, very strong uh, angle of attack. And I think that looks there are a lot of opportunities for that this uh, preseason week, too. We'll definitely be talking about two of those games for my edge of the day, because uh, I got a little thing. It's basically a teaser leg. We call it a money line parlay, though, the old generic term here. But uh yeah, there's a lot of preseason action going on. We're going to talk about J to Jay Croucher about that here in a second because he said uh, before the show we hopped on, preseason football is getting more bet than the most bet <laughs> baseball game of the night. Uh, so you guys want football. We definitely got plenty of football for you. But just as a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go download it now. The contests are free, easy to play, thousands of dollars on the line for a $0 entry, Major League Baseball, PGA Tour, NASCAR Circuit, Premier League, all that stuff. And Tuesday and Thursdays, we have Battle of the Bets where you guys can agree or disagree with their experts to collect some cash. If you got your phones on you and you're watching live on YouTube right now, you could scan that QR code and you can get a free entry. Chance to win 2500 Plenty of other money on the line. Let's get Jay Croucher in here, points bets head trader, talk offensive rookie of the year, some week one line movement. As we all know, I am a Steelers fan. I went to camp this year in Lake Trobe, Pennsylvania. I saw firsthand the man that they call George Pickens bully every little corner the Steelers have. If you don't think George Pickens is going to truck stick your favorite DB this year, you are sadly mistaken. <laughs> but at plus 1050 odds, I don't think I'm willing to bet that on George Pickens this year. Jay, what do you think about that and the hottest receiver uh, on the rookie of the year market right now? Yeah, well, first of all, it's a tough act to follow Bad Bunny, but um, I'll do my best. <laughs> I think the Pickens price has gotten a little bit out of control. Like we're, we're offering longer odds on him relative to market than most. And look, I think just with all these receivers, it's getting a little, it's spiraling a little bit out of control across the board. I think the Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase have really biased this market where now there's the ex sure. expectation that one of these guys is going to become the next chase in Jefferson and look Pickens I think he, he clearly has the talent he's a true X receiver but offensive rookie of the year it's all about statistical production and when you're trying to project production it's all about usage and ability I think Pickens we can say that he has the ability most likely now but is he going to get the usage with Deontay Johnson with Chase Claypool 
with Mitch Trubisky throwing him the ball behind maybe the worst offensive line in the sport. Yeah. So, look, if I was looking at the market and I had to make a bet, I'd be steering clear of the receivers and I'd be looking at someone like Brees Hall, who I think is, you know, going to get the most running back usage of any of the running backs. He was the first running back taken. The Jets traded up to 36 to take him. And I'd be interested for your thoughts in this, but I think that with football, I think fantasy rankings are actually kind of instructive in a market like this because there are so many participants in the fantasy market that it's relatively efficient. And Brees Hall's going like 60 picks higher than any other rookie in fantasy. And I think that lends itself to a market that is all about statistical production. So that's just one thing as well that, that I'd consider. I've never really heard anyone weave that into a handicap for a, an award, but I could not agree with you more strongly. And, you know, I, and this has been a fun market to try to figure out, as you could see on that plot that was just up Pickens used to be like 50 to one <laughs> and now yeah. he's 10 to one. So if you're running to the book and you can't wait to bet 10 to one, like just, you know, take a deep breath. <laughs> There's a lot. We haven't played a game yet. No one's no one's given Pickens. You know they haven't started inscribing the trophy yet. Like a lot of games to play, but uh, it's been a fun market to handicap mostly because the we have a false favorite, and when you have a false favorite, that's eating up a lot of margin. Like you you know you it's fun to take some shots into that market, but uh, using uh, fantasy rankings makes all the sense in the world to me. Let's pivot a little bit here and talk about some game one action because I'm curious if you're starting to see any of these markets firm up. You know it's been a slow summer. These numbers have been hanging up for a while. There hasn't been many bites, but all of a sudden you're starting to see a couple of things push pull here. Um, and, you know, one of the, con- you know, sort of, I mean, this is narrative town and I'm not really a narrative town guy, but there's going to be a lot of action on these divisional dogs week one, because that is a pr- pretty uh, traditional, you know, handicapping angle that tends to have worked in the past. And there are a bunch of these that look like potential value you have the falcons hosting the saints they are uh you know catching outside of a field goal here have you noticed people coming to the window starting to put uh, a little bit of action on the falcons no it's more about the saints um which i don't really understand i think that i think the falcons are being slept on as a competent team and i don't think they're going to make the playoffs or even compete for a playoff spot but yeah, I think this team could easily be six, seven wins. And I think people in their heads probably have them more as a four-win team. But Marcus Mariota, there's, there's no sheen left on Marcus Mariota. There's nothing exciting or fun about him. But when he's been healthy, he's been fine. And I think that if Ritter comes in at some point, I think Ritter is probably the most pro-ready uh, of the early quarterbacks, relatively early, um, comparing him to Kenny Pickett who takes 17 seconds to throw the ball, and Malik Willis, who takes 35 mm-hmm. seconds to throw the ball. I think that Ritter you know, can come in and, and be potentially serviceable. So look, he's probably not going to play week one. But I think the Falcons have got really good cornerbacks. They've got Kyle Pitts, Drake London. They've got weapons. Mariota's okay. And this Saints team, well, I think that everyone is, is kind of anointing as the team that will rise up if this Buck stuff continues to get really weird. Uh, they got a lot of question marks too. Jameis Winston went from gunslinger who throws 25 picks a season to game manager last year. Like, what's he going to be? What's Michael Thomas actually going to look like? Is Chris Olave going to be offensive rookie of the year? Is that defense going to regress? Defense is the the part of the game that, that just fluctuates naturally year to year because it's so dependent on turnovers and luck. So I think the Saints have got a lot of questions. And yeah, if I had to pick a side in this, I'd be taking the Falcons given it's gotten out to plus five now. 
Yeah, I'm definitely thinking there's a potential for this to move up to to like the six, six and a half range. Everybody's going to want to play the Saints. Everyone look at the Falcons and see the overall season of what the Falcons could be and want to fade them week one. But if you guys are betting favorites in division games week one, you're not going to make money. Division dogs, 28-9-1 ATS since 2015 in week one matchups. All right, so Falcons plus five is a very ugly bet, but it's probably it probably will be the right side. Taking the Patriots plus two and a half at the Dolphins. Now, if we're taking a division dog, I feel a little more confident taking Mac Jones and Belichick uh, opposed to the Falcons here. But Patriots honestly don't have that great success in Miami. So what are you seeing from points bets action with people betting Miami and New England? Because, of course, Tyreek Hill and Tua seem like, you know, they're going to be the greatest combination of all time. Yeah, line's been moving towards the Dolphins. A lot of Dolphins love. Right now it's two and a half, but backed Dolphins minus 15, minus 115. So it may inch up to three if I don't think it will. I don't think it should. Uh, but the Dolphins, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're a really interesting team. To me, the two most interesting players in the NFL this year in terms of variance are Trey Lance and Tua. And Tua, mm-hmm. who hasn't been good so far in his career, but there is context um, that, you know, suggests that he should be given a little bit of a mulligan for his first two seasons because the offensive line was just untenable. Now it's tenable. And now he has weapons. He has Tyreek Hill. He has Jalen Waddell. He has Mike McDaniel, who, who might be a prodigy. He might not be, but he could be. So I think this team has a lot of upside. Uh, there's a lot of talent on that defense as well. Meanwhile, the Patriots are just... Uh, they're kind of the blah team. I don't think anyone's excited about the Patriots. The weird stuff for the offensive coordinator situation. Wouldn't really want too much of that. So, yeah, it, it's a weird game. I mean, where have you got it at, at the moment, Drew? I think the price is fair on the side, but I like the total here. You're right about Tua. This is put up or pack it up uh, this season for him. And I would even add Mulligan for the hip injury. That was a, That was a serious injury. And he's now... Two years removed from that, a lot of people in the medical community think like that is the time you need to realistically recover from that. But every freak, every clip that comes across from him in camp, it's just like he's still not getting velocity on his ball. <laughs> it's like, you know, like he's got accuracy that's in his pocket. Like he's on target per throw percentage was elite last year, even though it wasn't an especially deep, you know, average depth of target. Um, but I think this total is a hair low because the Patriots have a really suspect secondary. They're, they're trotting out Jalen Mills and, a, you know, and three guys with the last name Jones. And they're, they're, all, they're all anonymous. And J.C. Jackson's not around anymore. Stephon Gilmore's long gone. Like, you know, the, the safeties are quite, quite, quite long in the tooth. So um, it's, uh, it, to me, this looks like a, a, a potential for a, a higher scoring affair than the market made. I played over 44. I think my fair total on this is closer to 47. I'm like 46 wow. and a half range. Um, yeah. But I do think uh, Miami as a small favorite under a field goal is correct. Yeah. I think the thing with Tua as well is that it's kind of like James Harden's defense, where when Tua looks bad, he looks so <laughs> bad. He just airmails these passes. It's like when Harden gets blown by. He's like our our social media team loves Tua and they love James Harden because there's these just viral clips that just come out almost daily. But really, I mean, he was so highly rated out of college. And I don't think between, yeah. like you said, Drew, the hip injury between his offensive line, which was not NFL standard, uh, I think there are reasons to believe that he can get back to being that guy. And now he's got 
there's no more excuses. He has to be good this year. And if he is, it could be a really explosive offense. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely a lot of ability for explosiveness with Tyre Kill and other guys. Mike Gizeki, too, one of the best fantasy tight ends in all football last year. But, yeah, I like that look a lot. I think I think people are going to overreact to the offensive coordinator situation with New England a little bit. They're going to figure it out and be a little better than we will give them credit for. So I like that look on the over, too, Drew. Yeah, the only thing I can kind of add is it, the Patriots were extremely slow last year. They were, yeah. like, plotting <laughs> slow in terms of pace of play. And at least what I'm seeing and getting notes from camp is the pace looks to be, you know, quite a bit, uh, you know, they're, they're making an emphasis to try to run a little bit more quick paced offense and whether that works is an entirely different question, <laughs> but at least on paper, more offensive plays, you know, potentially that you know, the, the, the total is a little bit depressed. Um, I guess the only kind of final thought on these two teams, I came into this preseason cycle, like, yeah, these are kind of both borderline playoff teams. Maybe, you know, I don't think either one's really making a challenge at the Bills, but, you know, there's upside here. And all of that is kind of completely cooling off. Like, I think uh, if anyone, you know, but now, like, I, I came in thinking AFC East, maybe a two playoff team division. And now I'm like, no, Bills and forget about it. Like, I, I will be somewhat surprised if either of the, uh, uh, the Dolphins or the Patriots realistically challenge for one of those very highly coveted playoff spots in a very, very competitive AFC. So, um, the close, ready to close the book on, uh, on that division, frankly. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. uh, you know, Bills, Bills to lose. Um, the, uh, I'll let, uh, let you kind of close thoughts here on, uh, Patriots. You, you have any, anything positive? Any, anybody in Beantown, uh, warm about these guys? <laughs> I mean, not from not from here. Everyone seems negative on the like I said, the offense, like nothing from camp sounds positive. I should have made my way out to camp here so I could have seen them. But one thing I think they'll just really be better in Drew. And I'm sure you'd probably agree with this is their play action. Like they ran the ball so much last year. And Mac Jones ranked eighth overall in the NFL with 67.6 per completion percentage in the play action. They are a good red zone offense, too. So I, I don't th- I think we overreact a little bit. It's the Patriots still. Belichick is still coaching. Yeah, Beantown, you'll be all right. Before we get to talk Jaguars, Commanders, Raiders, Chargers, and we get some baseball on the market too, weekends are still better, everybody, with MLB Sunday leadoff. Coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the White Sox, one of the hottest teams in all of baseball, except yesterday. Take on the Guardians in Cleveland this Sunday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. Learn more or go to peacocktv.com slash MLB. A chance to win 25 k on the game by downloading that NBC Sports Predictor app. Powered by PointsBet Sunday Free Grand Slam Contest. What do you want from your sports book? Better odds? Fast and easy live betting? Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sports book partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts, all in a fast and reliable sports book. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, and Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited must be 21 plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that? 
that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. Of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA, and Peacock. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. Oh, what do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. <laughs> oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. .net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York, www.pointsbet.com slash terms and conditions for more details. Before we talk a little more baseball, though, there are some games worth speaking about in the NFL still. Week one, we saw the Commanders now moving out to minus four over the Jaguars at home. I don't think I'm going to have a bet on either of these teams because, one, I don't want to watch this game, and two, I think it's a coin flip. <laughs> but if you're asking me to take a side, I'd probably be taking the Jaguars with everything they're saying about Antonio Gibson and how bad he looks with that offense. So what are your thoughts, Jay, and what are you guys getting action-wise? Yeah, I mean, these are two interesting teams, I guess. Interesting without really being that watchable or uh, <laughs> visually interesting, I guess. But Don't, don't like, talk about Jags, Jaguars like that. Don't talk about them like well, that. The Jags, the Jags division price is caving across the board. And uh, I think that's certainly some coolness about Tennessee, but then also yeah. some, some optimism about the Jags and their upside. And, and if you are looking for upside teams, um, certainly the Jags have more upside than the Commanders just because Trevor Lawrence has a much higher tail than Carson Wentz does uh, in terms of what he could do this season. I know Drew likes him as uh, the next Joe Burrow and the Jags is potentially the next <laughs> Bengals uh, at the price. Not saying it's more than a 50-50 outcome or anything, but I think with Washington... What I would look at there is that I think most people are focusing on, you know, Carson Wentz. What is he going to look like? To me, Carson Wentz is just going to come out and be a six and a half out of 10 quarterback. He's not that bad and he's not that good. The question with them is their defense, which was two years ago, a top five unit in the NFL and carried Alex Smith to the playoffs. And then last year was a complete car crash. And if that defense is, is back, and I don't think Chase Young is going to be playing week one, but they can get back to a top 10 level, then they become a competent, you know, 500 level team. If it's not, then they're in big trouble. Uh, but I think really 
they're really just the kind of the vehicle to see what the Jags look like in week one because they're the much more interesting team and the team that could actually be in the playoff mix this year, whereas I don't think Washington will will be in that mix unless there are unless they're filling out the numbers as like an eight nine, maybe nine eight type team. Yeah, we got to clip that uh, Jay saying Carson Wentz is not that bad and send it back in time to Jay, Jay of, of January 2022. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Against the Jags. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, Carson Wentz against the Jags. What could go wrong? Um, no, the, uh, the, the Jags division price, in my opinion, is it is some enthusiasm about Jacksonville, surely competently run franchise now you know Doug Peterson is getting rave reviews in terms of just how he is managing camp so far and treating everyone like an adult why that would you know like the fact that that is somehow a positive is still mind-blowing but uh you know treating adults like adults gives you credibility I guess the uh but there's reasons to doubt the Tennessee Titans and there's reasons to doubt the Colts doesn't look like Darius Leonard's going to be coming back anytime soon he's a hugely you know integral part of that defense uh, and if you really kind of do a deep study on this Colts offense, it's a three-man show. You know, beyond Pittman, beyond uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, it gets real thin real quick. And, you know, even if you are bullish about Matt Ryan having a late career, you know, popping him, it's still there's not a lot to work with beyond the key guys. So it's uh, there's there's reasons to be skeptical about the rest of the AFC South. And um, but this game in particular. I don't think this makes I don't think three and a half makes it to week one. Uh, this looks like it's going to close three. If I'm just kind of evaluating the market right now, um, you know, I, I see a, a couple of leading indicators that says this is coming down. Um, and, you know, it, it may be, uh, you know, Washington not going to have Chase Young. Uh, we st- we don't really have a timetable for his return, which is pretty crazy considering how important a player he was two seasons ago to that defense's overall revival. Um, and then the rest of the Washington Commanders defense is pretty questionable. Um, so this is uh, this does look like a coin flip to me. I agree with Vaughn's just a general you know kickoff there, and uh, I think three and a half is playable from a, just from a I'm going to capture value and a key number in a game that's probably 50-50 or close. So that, uh, that's my general feel for that market. Moving to uh, another one that's right around the key number, Raiders and Chargers, another potential divisional dog outside of a field goal. Uh, and, you know, there's Raiders are playing hard in the preseason. They're yeah. putting their guys out there. You know, they're, they're not treating this like, uh, you know, a glorified uh, practice. They are playing, you know, playing some, there's some of their, their key players, meaningful minutes here. They may be sharp and ready for uh, a week one kickoff against the Chargers team that, um, you know, they, they split with them last year. And, you know, the week 18 game was memorable for a lot of reasons, but uh, that was a very competitive contest. And presumably this Raiders team is coming in a little bit stronger, uh, Chargers as well. Um, what is your general read on this market and does three and a half make it to opening kickoff Jay? No, I don't think it will. I think it'll go higher. I think it'll go mm-hmm. four. And I think yeah. the reason is, is that look, this, has, this has all the makings of a game where 90% of the public is lined up on the charges and then yep. the Raiders uh, lose by a field goal and cover yep. uh, or win. <laughs> uh, because when you see miss yeah. like, mismatches in handle it's always because there's an explosive offense that people are terrified of that's why uh that's why 95 percent of the public was on the chiefs in the super bowl minus three against the bucks because people just close their eyes and they're terrified of patrick mahomes throwing the ball deep to tyree kill 
Uh, and look, I think there'll be similar stuff at work with the Chargers all year. They're a very popular team. Uh, and you can see why, because they're the ultimate on-paper team, where now it doesn't really look like they have weaknesses outside of the linebackers and maybe the interior defensive players. And if you want to have weaknesses, those are the two spots to have them um, because they're just less valuable than the areas that the Chargers have fortified, you know, like their offensive line, uh, like their edge rushes, bringing in Khalil Mack, like their cornerbacks now with JC Jackson there. The, the secondary is loaded. You pair JC Jackson with Derwin James. That's about the best one-two punch you can have in a secondary. Mm-hmm. So I think that, there is uh, people maybe going a little bit overboard with the charges and I'd still have them clearly behind the chiefs in the AFC West, but the Raiders are, I think a bit more of an unknown just because, yeah, we don't know if Josh McDaniels is, is closer to Doug Peterson or closer to urban Meyer. We just don't know that yet. We have to see it. Mm -hmm. And they have parts of their team that might just not be viable. I I don't really know what their path is on defense to becoming a top 15 defense. I'm not sure what their path is on the offensive line to becoming a top 15 unit there. So I think there's big question marks. Um, and yeah, I think all the public will will certainly see all of that and line up on the charges. Um, and I think that the, the number has maybe a bit more scope to get to four. Um, hmm. I'm not sure that'd be the right number, but yeah, I would guess that that's the way the wind is blowing. This gets to, this gets to four. I think I have to, I have to play that. Um, yeah. I've been staring at three and a half, like, should be Seems three something. uh and yeah it's a uh, i don't know i'm but at the same time i agree with your sentiment like i'm bullish chargers um this chargers team has a super super soft first half of the season schedule um after they go raiders chiefs weeks one and two if they get those two wins this is probably your final undefeated team just based yep. on sort of the next stretch of games they go through um which you know at that point you know, basically every futures market is going to crater, you know, if people are already in love with this team and then they go out and, you know, put it together in an early season stretch of wins, then um, all of their future prices are going to get nuked. Um, But at the same time, like the run defense still scares me and they have some very challenging uh, opponents in the final quarter of their season. So there could be like a little bit of a late season swoon for this team. So a uh, decent chance you can scoop some, uh, some good prices to bet against the chargers, at least in the AFC West, once you get to about Thanksgiving. So that's my general plan of attack there. And, um, and, but it's conditional on them winning these first couple of games. So we'll see. Yeah, no, I, I like that breakdown a lot. I think it's, I mean, I'll go back to what I said about the Raiders and Jay. I know you kind of said the same thing too. Like we're cold on the Raiders in general this year, long season or long-term futures and everything market. But betting week one doesn't mean you have to bet against that team if you're betting them against them in the futures market. So uh, yeah, another divisional dog spot where the Raiders have won and covered their last three week one spots. I mean, I'd certainly be on the Raiders side before I'd be on the Chargers side. But we do have to talk some baseball, Jay, because the futures market's been heating up, my guy. And, you know, I'm sweating because I had a rough first half, so I'm relying on futures the second half to bring me home. Uh, So I thought we could do some rapid fires. A lot of these bets are bets that I already have, uh, and they're also the two favorites on your points bet sportsbook. So let's start with would you rather play the Yankees or the Astros to win the AL? Yankees, what a car crash. They're going to make me sweat out my (laughs) AL Ace ticket somehow. That was supposed to be done two months ago. Uh, I would be playing the Astros just because they're now in the box seat to to get the one seed and have home field over the Yankees in the ALCS. If the Yankees even get there, 
Yankees pitching doesn't look as intimidating as it did. Uh, really questions about everyone outside of Cole and Herman, um, Cole and Cortez, I guess. Frankie yeah. Montas has been horrific since he came across. Uh, and really the offense is, is hope Aaron Judge hits a home run uh, and then pray Again. for rain. Uh, so, yeah, I would be uh, I would be taking the Astros at the prices at the moment. What about you, Drew? I, I agree with that. Plus, uh, Trey Mancini plays for the Astros now. Yes. So we are very pro-Houston. Let's go H-Town. Yes. Let's get a World Series here. Yeah, uh, but I, no, I, I, I think that was a great, great breakdown. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I really hope that they pull through. I mean, they seem like the obvious choice. If you've been the Yankees, like, I kind of feel like it's a joke. But at the same time, like you said, their offense is just – it's it's terrible. Two runs is literally peel off the Band-Aid. So in the NL, I got the Dodgers, but I'm not as confident in that one. Dodgers at plus 160 or Mets at plus 225. Drew, I'll start with you. What do you like there? This is a this is sort of a preference of are you how do you like to bet postseason baseball? Do you like a team that has no holes in their you know in their lineup, or do you like a team that uh, has a complete uh, pitching staff in terms of starting pitching? Because the Dodgers have some question marks in pitching. Mets uh, definitely not a, a lineup that I'm afraid of. Um, so, you know, I, for me, Dodgers at plus 160 is still small value, but uh, certainly the pitching staff there is giving me a little bit of a uh, not great feeling. Um, but, you know, in general, this, the Dodgers have figured out ways to uh, put together uh, pretty amazing, you know, success in the playoffs. And, you know, this, this NL looks soft enough that, uh, that that's a bettable price, in my opinion. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, I if the if Jacob Degrom had won last night, uh, and it wasn't his fault they lost, but it's just kind of this weird thing in the universe where the Mets still are not able to give Jacob Degrom any run support. It's been half a decade of this now, uh, <laughs> and had they won last night, they would have pushed the division lead to five and a half. Plus, they would have effectively had the tie break, so it's basically six because there's no game one sixty three anymore to break a tie. At that point, the division is almost over. Uh, but because it's not, because they're still in a division race and it's only three and a half games, and if there's any team that really wants nice. to cough up a division lead late in the season, it is the New York <laughs> Mets. Uh, so I would be taking the Dodgers and not feeling great about it. But if the Mets do surge in the division, I suspect that the market won't respect them enough relative to the Dodgers. And I still think that in the playoffs, if you can throw Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer potentially five times in a seven-game series... That is almost the most powerful thing in the whole sport. Yeah. Not a whole love for New York in the markets as much, I feel. I mean, I, they were the two most profitable teams in the first half of the season, and now it's it's kind of reverse on that one. We're seeing the Orioles making tons of money and the Yankees sucking up everybody's. But one team, I'm, I'm kind of – I'm upset a little bit because I bought into Spencer Strider at minus 150, and I was like, yeah, it's done deal, solidified, NL Rookie of the Year. And now Michael Harris is deciding to hit like 380 this month, hitting bombs, taters left and right. Uh, what would you be betting, Jay, with Strider or Harris, the two Braves that are clearly down to one and two? Yeah, so two things. One, I would be voting for Strider because I think he provides more value. But I would be betting on Harris because I think that the voter block in baseball is still very conservative. And there is just this sense that Michael Harris plays every day and yeah. he's out there every day. And Spencer Strider is not, not like that's not really how value works <laughs> because Strider provides five days of value in his starts when he's going six innings, giving up one run and striking out 11. Like that is more valuable than Michael Harris going, you know, one for four and playing good defense. 
but look, I think it Harris has bridged the gap in terms of value. And I think the voters will, if we stay on the current course, they will go with Harris. And I won't be happy mm. about it. Uh, me neither. Me neither. Yeah. Jay, what do you I'm, think, Drew? I'm Team Strider all the way. I've never heard yes. of Michael Harris. <laughs> Mike, he played baseball. <laughs> never heard of him. Michael Harris, the third baby. But yeah, no, phenomenal player, definitely great. But I, I don't know if he's going to be able to keep up this type of production. I mean, he's literally yeah. almost hitting 400. I can't add many. Uh, Jay's handicap is right. And he's, you know, Harris has the other benefit, which is recency bias. Like yeah. he's doing well now. Like, you know, and that, that, that taints the, you know, the voting, you know, the voting block, even as much as the, you know, the conservative nature of a guy who plays every day. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with you here, Drew, because I know you we've talked about Dylan Cease plenty full. We were talking off air how sure. we had 18 to one, 10 to one bets. He's now down to two to one. But he had his chance against Verlander last week and he didn't. He his streak of 14 straight one on one or less games was broken. Yeah. Um, of course, the White Sox did win, but it wasn't on Cease's dime. So one minus 165 for Verlander or plus 200 for Cease. I think you have to take a shot on Cease at those two between those two prices. Uh, this is still neck and neck, uh, and Cease, you know, he at, he could elevate this uh, White Sox team to a playoff yes. spot, which would be absolutely crazy. Um, you know, they are they are. It is not uh, out of the realm of possibility that the they could still steal the uh, uh, the Central, which apparently no team wants to win. Um, <laughs> and I mean, honestly, like if the White Sox yeah. win the Central, Cease is going to be they're going to be like, well, I mean, you know, that, that's why. Uh, and so he'll, you know, he'll get that bump and, uh, and then just beyond that, some of our researchers, like, you know, they need to pay rent in the month of September and so <laughs> for that, you know, for, you know, October, November, we want, we want, uh, we want Cease to get this, uh, get this home. Yeah. yeah. So? I would say, uh, for my own personal health and safety, next time I'm in Stanford, <laughs> Connecticut, where, uh, one of our researchers, the great Johnny Venezia. <laughs> resides uh, i better go with dylan cease but uh i do believe in it i do believe that cease is definitely the better pick uh at the value i think the thing you have to remember with pitches is that it can go south real quick uh all verlander needs to do is get two men on base and give up a home run and then all of a sudden cease has a much better era than he does and this is an era award uh verlander has a bit more narrative just because he's Justin Verlander and he's 57 years old and he's doing this after <laughs> two injuries and all of that. But if Cease has a lower ERA, he's going to lap Verlander in strikeouts uh, and he could have the narrative of pushing the White Sox into the playoffs too. I think this is neck and neck. I think Verlander is rightfully the favorite right now, but at the prices and with how quickly this can change, Cease would be the bet. Yeah, and just to remind everybody too, the White Sox have one of the easiest schedules in the second half of the season. So Cease is going to definitely feast up. He's taking on the Guardian Sunday and that uh, Peacock game. So that's going to be definitely worth watching. But I think it's, he still has a fighter's chance, as Drew would say, a puncher's chance to take this one. Verlander's just got the wins on him and the innings pitched uh, in the age. But that's all he's got on him. But before I let you go, Jay, I do want to ask you one random question I didn't tell you we were going to talk about today. <laughs> Give me your one fantasy football guy this year that you have to have, whatever round it is. Who is it? One fantasy football player that I've got to have. Well, I mean, going back to the offensive rookie of the year thing, taking deep shots and you're looking at guys who have upside uh, to be the number one guy. Like Romeo Dubs, there is a chance that he could be the number one guy for Aaron Rodgers. And no other rookie court, no other rookie receiver has that pathway to be the number one guy for an elite quarterback unless you really talk yourself into Sky Moore. And I think Juju is going to be the guy there. 
So I would look at Romeo Dubs. He's going very late in fantasies, around like pick 150 or something. I think he should be higher than that. And the other guy, I'll give you two, Vaughn. No, you only asked for one. But in terms of running backs, all I'm thinking about is who has the pathway to be this year's Jonathan Taylor? Who has the ability to be the alpha and omega of their offense? And if he's healthy, Saquon Barkley can be that guy because he has the ability. seems like he is healthy. His previous injuries are unrelated. Daniel Jones, there's a lot of Carson Wentz about him where Dable's not going to trust him at some point. And so I think that Barkley, if he is healthy, he's a guy who, you know, he's 50 to 1 to win the rushing title. Uh, yeah. which is it's pretty big for a guy who yeah. is a generational talent. He's still 25, 26 years old. So Saquon Barkley is another guy I'd look at. I love that. I've been grabbing – I'm a big running backs guy. I grab three running backs in the first four rounds. That's my my consensus every single year. So Saquon Barkley has been my second or third round running back I've been taking. So I do love that one. Um, you know, if he gets hurt this year, though, Jay, he's not Christian McCaffrey. I don't want to hear about it ever again. Nice. Uh, but that, that's just my opinion on him. But, hey, whatever, man. Best of luck to everybody that is playing fantasy. He grabs Robio Dubs and Saquon Barkley. I'll be on those guys too, Jay. But we appreciate it always. Make sure you guys follow Jay on Twitter, at CroucherJD. He'll be with us every week on Bet the Edge, giving us insight into the betting space and where people are putting their money and where we should be fading them. So, Jay, we appreciate you, man. Have a great weekend. Listen to my some pleasure. of that bunny. Yeah, thanks, fellas. <laughs> Have a good weekend. On Monday, Sloan Stevens cashed yes. plus what 133. That yeah. paid for my uh, <laughs> lemonade tequilas last night that were $17 at Ooh, Fenway. Lemonade tequila, all right. Yeah, but it was $17 at Fenway. That was the main thing yeah. I was I was talking about. But you did help me out with Stevens. So give me one more today because I see you got oh, plus man. money again. Let's go. I forgot about that one. That one was a rocking chair winner. I think she was. <laughs> She she embarrassed poor Alize Cornet. Um, but uh, no, I teased off the top. I got a ton of action today going on in uh, Cincinnati. Uh, most of my action is on the WTA side. We have four quarterfinals, and they are all coin flips. I think yeah. every dog is alive. Keys is off right now against Rabikina. I like over uh, 22 and a half games there plus money. Uh, I think the Kvitova Tomljanovic match is going to go three. I think that over is bettable. Uh, Sabalenka versus Zhang is nasty matchup for Sabalenka. Uh, Zhang has been uh, very, very um, uh, resilient. Uh, and I think that match is going to go over the total. But the one that I like the most to go three sets is Pagula versus Caroline Garcia. This is a close match, man. Gar- Garcia okay. has been playing out of her mind since about the uh, middle of the summer uh, or you know, beginning of the summer, middle of the spring. And, uh, you know, she has put together some extremely impressive results. She is going up against a white hot Pagula. Uh, Pagula, if you didn't know, daughter of the uh, owner of the Buffalo Bills, uh, some good little NFL crossover karma yeah. there. Um, but she, in general, uh, extremely talented on hard court. She is a tough matchup. Uh, this is lined right now, minus 172, plus 136. I think Pagula ultimately gets this win, but this, in my opinion, goes the distance. I bet over 22 and a half games. 
Uh, points bet has over 21 and a half, a bit juicy. Uh, and between over 21 and a half at plus one, minus 125 or, or over two and a half sets of plus 130, I think over the sets is a better number. Uh, my fair price for that is plus 115. So the fact that you can get plus 130 there is solid. Uh, these gals, they split the first two sets. Uh, it goes the distance. Pagula gets the win. If you want a little extra, uh, you know, bonus play there, Pagula 2-1 at plus 270 is a fun way to attack. Let's go. There was plenty of bonus plays in there if you guys were listening at the very beginning. <laughs> so you gave out like rattled off three or four of them right there. But I love that play. I mean, you get to watch two people go the distance, be a competitive match too. It's not going to be one-sided in your opinion. So I'm all for that, man. I love that plus money value. But I thought I'd bring a plus money value too. Um, I do like the Dodgers tonight, not going to lie, minus one half against Jesus Lazardo, but that won't be the edge of the day because we're going to have a two-piecer here, money line parlay on the on the Bills and the Ravens on Saturday and Sunday. So this is weekend action for you guys. If you guys want to throw the Dodgers in there, go ahead and do that. But these are actually the two hottest teams in preseason football. We've been talking about that for, for weeks now. Ravens, 21-game winning streak in the preseason. Bills are on a nine-game winning streak in the preseason. Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson will not play in the Ravens game. Now, one key note worth note knowing is Baltimore will make its longest trip in a preseason game uh, in both in team history going to Arizona, but this was a scheduled game that Harbaugh, you know, he wants these type of games. If you look at their last three road games in the preseason, they've won by scores of 20 to three, 37 to three and 20 to seven. All right. The Ravens do not take their road games lightly in the preseason. Matter of fact, they don't take any game lightly. So <laughs> while they cover spreads, we know they're about 19, two and one, or uh, 19, three, 19 and three, depending on what lines you get. I do like them to win outright. I would play them on the spread at a smaller play, but I also like the Bills to win too. So I figured why not throw these teams together for plus 104 money at points. But Buffalo hasn't lost a preseason since 2018, uh, Baltimore since 2015. Russell Wilson is not playing, but Josh Allen is. Drew, you talked earlier about guys playing in the preseason, having a little bit of information, know who's going to go and who's not. Well, when Josh Allen and the starters get quoted as saying, we're going to play a healthy amount. Um, I like that against a Broncos team that's not going to play Russell Wilson. They're going to play instead Josh Johnson, who had two touchdowns last week against the Cowboys. He more than likely will not repeat that, and neither will Brett Ripien. Uh, so, yes, give me the two favorites in the two um, perennial preseason teams in the NFL to win outright. Yeah, I'm excited to see what that first half number opens. Have you seen some of the first half lines? They're hysterical. Like New England today is minus five and a half for the full game, minus six and a half in the first half. <laughs> so <laughs> excited to see what that Buffalo first half number looks like. I'm not sure they can make it high enough. Um, yeah. because the you know Buffalo Bills starting offense is going to go get some reps, and uh, I think they match up pretty well against the second unit Denver defense. So uh fascinated to see how that uh, market shapes. Yeah, we, we won't get the uh, the real first half play that we all need on the Bills, which is that first half team total over that they consistently cash. This team is always hitting 14 or more points in the first half. Look it up. It's one of the best stats and trends to follow. So if you get a Bills 13 half, 14 and a half this year, those type of lines, I think it's going to be worth playing. But you're getting plus money plays all weekends from Drew and I. What more do you guys want? All right. But if you do want more, I mean, go to NBCSportsEdge.com, right? All the information you need, you'll find – our stuff on there. I saw Drew getting some content with Warren Sharp. Of course, we got Matthew Berry. Tons of fantasy football stuff coming. We got our NFL futures and baseball futures as well. So everything you guys need is on the website. Drew, it was a great show today. Any last words for the people in this weekend? 
Best of luck. Enjoy the end of summer. Uh, we are one week away from college football week zero. We got kick college football kickoff next week in Dublin, Ireland uh, on Saturday. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is cherish these final moments with your friends and family before you're gonna be, uh, planted <laughs> on the couch watching and betting football. The grind <laughs> is here. And tomorrow I'll see NBC Zone, uh, Eric Froton, our college football analyst. We're going to be hanging out in the Beantown. Oh, nice. Uh, so we're we're going to be putting together our college football week zero bets and kind yeah. of see what we got going on. So you got to get me Monday the inside. Show. Yeah. Let's get the inside scoop on UMass football. Yeah. 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 On, uh, on Monday's show, we're going to have some good college football content. So make sure you guys tune in for that. But we appreciate everyone that watched today live on our NBC Sports YouTube channel. We appreciate everyone that listens in the podcast form. Make sure you guys subscribe, rate, and make sure you like it as well. Good luck with your plays and make sure you come back on Monday when you got that plus money in your pocket. Drew and Vaughn, we are out. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.